Hi, folks. I'm Duncan Gill, child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I'm Victoria Lee, licensed clinical mental health counselor. And welcome to Is There a Med for That? the podcast about teen mental health, behavioral problems, and what to do about them. Victoria and I have been working together for years with kids. Sometimes we use therapy, sometimes medication. Sometimes we just give guidance to parents. And we realize that sometimes kids just need to be left alone. We don't have all the answers, but we've got some of them. We'll do our best to share what we've learned over the years working with struggling kids and their families. We hope you enjoy the show and that we can be helpful to those who have taken on the hardest, most important job in the world, being a parent. Hello, Duncan. Hi, Vicki. How's it going today? Good. We're going to do another podcast right now. Another podcast. Let's do it. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. This is your department today, That's I think. true. So today I thought it would be fun to do a conversation about what... It's a psych term called locus of control. How do you feel about that? You know much about that? I like demystifying weird psych terms, psychobabble terms. Because it is a weird locus of control. But it's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful concept. We just don't need to call it something stupid like locus of control. Yeah. And so what what does it mean? Let's just go there. So locus, that word alone, means a particular position, point, or place. Which is an insect. Yeah. And they're pretty cool. There's really cool yoga Locus. L-O-C-U-S. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Of control, but it's important. I think when I first learned about it, I wouldn't have picked up the difference either. But locus means a particular position, point, or place. Okay. And so when you're talking about the psych term, locus of control, it refers to an individual's perception about the underlying causes of events in his or her life. Uh, Wow. Say that again. It refers to an individual's perception about the underlying causes of events in his or her life. It's pretty profound. Okay. So it, really, it's an orientation towards life. Are the outcome of your actions more to do... So before we... What are, why do you... What impacts the... Out, what is in control of the outcome of your actions. Okay. It's a really deep question, really important question when you think about this. And so people can have an internal or external locus of control. Right. And so basically someone who has an internal locus of control means the position or point of control you put inward internally, which basically means that you believe your behavior is guided by your own decisions and efforts. So basically locus of control, if it's internal, is personal responsibility. Things which happen in life are up to me. Yes, or the things, um, my behavior's outcome. Right. Not just like everything in life, but say, for example... um, you know, if I get a good grade on a test, I, you know, if you have an internal locus of control, you tend to say, well, I got a good grade or I, you know, I failed because I didn't study enough. Now, if you have an external locus of control, you tend to believe that your behavior, the outcome of your behaviors is guided by fate, luck, or other people, things outside of yourself. Right. So say in the same test, you get an F. If you have an external locus of control, you tend to, um, you'd put it like the, it's the teacher's fault if you fail that test. Because the person controlling these events or your behavior is, isn't you, it's other people or yes, other forces. Exactly. So you're not taking, you're putting the responsibility on 
other people or fate or the world. Yes. And I think it's really, let's do a couple more examples so people feel like they're grasping what the heck we're talking about. Because it's really central to our life, this concept of locus of control. Where do we put control? And it's really important for people's mental health. There's a lot of implications for your mental health of what or which orientation you tend towards. So let's take an example of work. You got a promotion or let's do your friend got a promotion or you're not friend. You're not friend at work, got enemy. a promotion, your enemy, rival, your rival, your rival got at work got a promotion. You might tend to say, oh, well, he got that because, you know, he's a guy and they like guys better. And again, that might be true, but holistically, if that's how you tend to think of things, and I'm not talking about the guy, I'm not trying to bring up a whole sensitive topic, but let's just go with that. Or you might say, you know, well, um, you know, he's a, he's a kiss ass. And so that's why he, you know, he, you know, they, the other people wasn't anything he was good at why he got that just other people. Um, or he, you know, got lucky. That's why he got that promotion. Whereas if you tend to be someone who takes an internal perspective on it, you might say, well, he got that because he is hardworking. He might be really annoying, but he shows up all the time and he's doing a lot of good work. And I see why he got that. Or say it's yourself who got the promotion. If you have an external locus of control, or you might say, um, you know, it's outside of myself. So I got lucky or it was meant to be, it was my destiny. Um, or, you know, you think maybe some so-and-so um, prefers females over males. And that's why I got the position. Whereas if you tend to have more of an internal locus of control, if you got the promotion, you might say, oh, geez, I've been working really hard. My efforts paid off. And this has nothing to do, we're not talking about the truth here. Cause I think sometimes people get a little bit, this is confusing because there can be many elements that go into, we, right? We can all say that logically. There's many elements that go into why you got a promotion or why you failed. It really can be the teacher was in a bad mood or wasn't paying attention to the grades correctly, right? There's a lot of different factors. But we're not, it's not about the trueness of your statement. It's about the energy or orientation. Because what it, we're really looking at here, it isn't so much about that one situation. It's about how you orient yourself to it. If you believe you have more power and control over the outcome of your behaviors, you tend to behave in different, more predictable ways. Same as if you believe others outside of you control the outcome of your behaviors that can impact your choices and the way you orient yourself to life. Tell me if this is the same thing, because my understanding of locus control, uh, I learned, I guess, from a slightly different slant, which was locus control, if you have an internal one, you rely on your own feelings and internal experience More. to control your own behavior. So that may be feelings like you may reason, you may experience guilt if you do something wrong, you may yep. uh, feel contrite, you may... Um, yeah, pr primarily get like super ego stuff to use more. Yes. Psych yep. stuff. I think it's the same thing. Definitely. And then the external was you rely on society or other people to impose to, to you rely on others to control your behavior. So right. a child may re rely on a parent's punishment yep. or reward. And the reason they do things is because they expect this external force 
to modify their behavior. Is that saying the same thing? I believe so, right? Because if you believe, if you believe that your beha- the outcome of your behavior is going to be based on what others feedback is, right. then it's just a different slant. Like right. you said, it's gotcha. the same thing. Um, and there, it's useful to talk about in both ways. I okay. think very important. Um, and, and so what you're going to, I think is the next part, which is important to look at. Oftentimes people who have that internal locus of control tend to have more of like what we call self-determination or, um, self-reliance in a certain way right? Like you said, um, that's one of the outcomes for people who tend to be, have an internal locus of control, but it can also go to the extreme of someone can be more neurotic about things too, right? So if like you, if you feel like you're hyper in control of all your, the outcome of everything, that can be really hard for people as well. It can be like a heavier burden to, to carry. Right. So there can be pros and cons to each. I think that the research seems pretty clear that people who tend to have, maybe before we jump to the research, you can, I think we tend to see it black and white, either someone has an internal or external locus of control, but I think it's more of a continuum, right? right? Like no one, there might be someone at one extreme who hundred percent just believes it's all because of fate. And then someone who's hundred percent, it's me, but most people have, it's some fall somewhere in between. Right. Now, if you tend to fall towards more of the internal, taking on that self-determination, looking inward versus looking outward, you, the research shows that you tend to have more positive mental health symptoms than, um, struggling with like depression or anxiety. Which seems to make sense if you feel you have more, you can rely on yourself or you have more power over circumstances, um, Right. It's, it's an empowering point of view. Yes. It's people in leadership positions tend to think like that more um, because they're the one who said, well, I'm going to work harder because I believe it actually impacts the outcome. Because if you don't believe what you do impacts the outcome, then why would you necessarily work that hard unless why you just intrinsically you? enjoy it? Yep. Um, and so part of like why I guess why is this important for a parenting podcast mm. about teens mental health? Research is showing, and I don't have the exact studies in front of me, but I was reading this weekend on it, that iGen increasingly have external locuses of control. Can you define iGen for us, please? Yes, iGen are the current teenagers, basically, right? So forget the exact birthdays, I think 95. And it comes from lowercase i generate so instead of gen z or gen x it's i gen because kind of a cute yeah, ipod yeah and gen play. z it's it's the same thing as gen z so i gen, gen z is i gen yeah it's just another term for them that others are starting to call them um and you can there's a podcast that we did recently a live recording that you can listen to more about i gen if you're interested in them uh and we'll be doing tons that one's on facebook is it on facebook yeah. okay great um and so it's important, I think, because a, we're facing a teenage, a huge increase in adolescent depression and anxiety. And in that episode that we just referred to, we talk a lot about some of mm. those underlying reasons, in our opinion. 
And another aspect that we didn't touch upon is that the research is showing kids have lower, they have less internal centers of control, basically. And so they feel more, um, or less empowered, really, I think, ultimately. So when you think about anxiety and depression, things happening to you, right? More passive. Right. And that can be a biological, like there can be stuff going on internally that impacts your thinking patterns, but it can also be learned behaviors. Sure. Um, or even, you know, I think about, you can get into a chat room, right? And everyone's talking about how everyone else controls them, or you can get into these sort of rabbit holes where you start to hear things repeated to you about um, maybe being a kind of a victim mentality. Well, this is the whole, we talk about children being slower to grow up and as a child the younger you are the more locus of control is outside yes you, right it's a really the more important you, things piece. just happen to you yeah as you get older you take more responsibility you want to move that inward more and more but as we say kids stay young younger and yeah. become adults much later childhood has become extended but it's real this is dangerous because what's happening is as childhood is getting extended biologically we're still it we're not right so if you think about it a lot of the behaviors that kids want to do when they're teenagers is more adult-like and the outcomes and consequences of those behaviors are going to be more lifelong, even sexual behaviors. And if you're not taking responsibility for your behaviors or seeing that your choices impact your future, it can have lasting consequences for you. So as a parent, what do we do? So if I believe that parents should try to help kids think of your toddler, right? (laughs) (laughs) Bring the locus of control from that external world, from you, from others inward more. How would you, do you have any things that come to mind, Duncan, when we talk about that? Minimum interference, right? We talk about maximum support. That's all the love you can give as a parent. Minimum interference. Let your child screw up. Yep. How's that? Yeah. And that's, it goes right into building failure tolerance. Right, helping your kids experience failing and learning from it and trying again versus failing once and never doing it again because or feeling you take powerless because you take over. Yep, that's really, really important. So yeah, maximum support and minimum interference, one of our basic principles of parenting. And so when you're thinking about knowing, you know, you got to see, okay, what can I control? What can I control? And so the things I can control, let's get busy working on those. Right. And mental health is such a beautiful area to do that. Uh, we had a caller in recently or a writer in recently ask about, you know, my, my parent feels really guilty about certain things. Right. You can't control the genes you give your kids. And some of those genes might be more um, higher risk for mental health issues, but you can control your, your lifestyle. Are you eating well? Are you sleeping well? Are you getting exercise? You're having healthy relationships, all that boring stuff that is really the foundation for what you can control and good mental health. Don't dwell on the stuff you can't control. Or you just get sucked into just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like depressing. My, uh, <laughs> my opinion. Um, my father had this expression. Uh, I'm sure it's not his, but contemplating your own navel. Mm. Right. Yep. You gotta lift your head up and look at the world. Have you heard yeah. that one before? Yeah, I think is that you've... an AA one? Mm, I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I've heard you say it. I think. Oh, have I? I think Maybe that's where you heard it. Yeah, over the years. Another important thing I believe for kids: how do you learn locus of control as a kid? 
child and into teenage years and adulthood is play. You got to play. Kids aren't playing enough. I believe a lot of them sit in front of TVs too often. I think so. we're not including video games as playing. Mm, not exactly. Not, not the ideal. I don't think it has to be hundred percent excluded, but right. I don't think it should be the big bulk of play hands right. on in person relationship play, play right? With other yeah. People. Yeah. Where you can f- really feel your autonomy, your power, um, and get feedback from others. But yeah. Yeah. So kind of a, a funny term, locus of control, a little jargony, but really it's about where do you place the power in your life for the outcome of your actions? And we ought to do other podcasts about various psych terms like that. Like you use the word neurotic before, yeah. which would be a great one because people use it sort of different ways. Yeah. Um, I think I threw around super ego at one point. Yep. We should do, we should break them down. Yeah. I think that'd be helpful for our listeners. One other thing, conscientiousness, right? That's another psych term. Um, it's a, uh, personality part of personality in the big five personality theory. And it's basically your, we can think of like your work ethic or your, um, your drive to get things done in a timely manner in people who are higher in internal locus of control tend to be more conscientious and get hmm. things done more in that way. Conscious is it, uh, as in, that almost sounds like compassionate to me or like you're doing things for other people. That's not quite no, right. No, no, it's, um, I forget the exact definition, but basically like in, it goes along with an industriousness. Hmm. Um, so conscientiousness is, you know, your awareness and work ethic. It's a hard one to define, but duty in some sense. Okay. Um, like you really want, if you're an employee, you tend to want conscientious workers because they're going to be the ones who show up early, leave late, get their work done. Yeah, right, 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 right. Conscientiousness. We should do uh, an episode in the big Duncan five. may have been a little bit low in that. Who? Oh my God, we could talk about our own and we could we share people. We should do people. a reveal our own scores. Yeah, we did that with our And we could work. inflate them. I was pretty happy with mine. <laughs> <laughs> we no, had a couple no staff people who were super happy <laughs> who practically quit the business because of it. Yes. It's a fun one. Yeah. Let's do our, uh, an upcoming episode on that. I think that'd be fun. That sounds good. All right. All right. Well, a reminder to give us a call if with questions about, you know, if you're a child or a parent wondering about a certain situation in your life and how to handle it more effectively while still having some fun. And we're having our children where the kids we work with are going to be able to write in questions to complain about their own parents Yep, and express their confusion as to why parents act a certain way. It's really reciprocal. Yeah. And even listeners, you don't have to even be our, you know, kids in the program here, but any adolescents out there, feel free to write in and call and we can help demystify some of the funky stuff your parents do. We'll try. We'll try. All right, folks. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Is There a Med for That? For more information about our podcast and our clinical work, visit our website at medforthat.com. If you've got questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at contact at medforthat.com. We'd love to answer some of your questions on air. Have a great day.